The bonus of running out of gas was yeah. that it, it gave me an opportunity <clears throat> to be thankful. Because I, I was telling these guys, Alhamdulillah, I had already prayed Maghrib, mm -hmm. so I wasn't out there like freezing trying to pray on the concrete. I, uh, it didn't happen to me tomorrow morning on the way to work. True. The weather wasn't bad. It's just cold, <clears throat> but it wasn't. It wasn't that terrible. Um, it gave my wife an opportunity to do to get some hasanat. I mean, there's a lot of benefits to it. And the only the only bad part is that morning is gonna sleep four Go hours tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, here, here, the thing is with uh, mayhem and chaos. I was just reading. I was just thinking about this the other day. Mayhem and chaos are actually really good for solidarity. It brings out a lot of things. Like for example, like you need help, right? Yeah. You never need help in modern society. You like you never need help. So, but this type of sort of perfection of society, where the food is always there, the gas is always there, the job is always there, it actually breeds a lot of loneliness, right? Which is the theme that you wanted to bring up. Whereas a little bit of mayhem and hardship, you think it's really bad, but it actually has really good results. Alhamdulillah. Right? A little bit of mayhem and hardship, it actually has good results <laughs> on physical health, like it makes you move, mm -hmm. and it has really good social effects too. Like a Hurricane Sandy being the best example. Yeah. Like a lot yeah. of people came together mm -hmm. that would have never come together that close for that long. It breaks you out of your patterns. It, yeah. it, it's very true. And um, uh, just to introduce the episode, uh, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to the Safina Society podcast. <clears throat> so, what uh, Dr. Shadi, you were just talking about and what I wanted to get into today. And, and really, actually, something I have been thinking about for a few weeks now, and Saad and I have been probably talking about it for like a few years now, um, is this idea of loneliness, like anxiety, and just like general angst that people in America have, right? And I wouldn't even say America, but I think the, the Western world in general have. Um, and over the last few years i mean i think everybody has sort of noticed this to the point that you know like millennials have like these movements they need to go to like detox camps they need to you know do all these different things to like like for example take them off of social media right like people think like oh we're very connected on social media but we're not connecting in person in that's why life. we're really lonely <laughs> right right and and so like i think a lot of people have tried to like diagnose yeah what it is that like is the problem right yeah. and and that's where i wanted to touch on yeah. it today like loneliness and you know where it like comes from um I, and like sort of dive into that topic yeah. a little well bit. i think one question i feel like i have right away is i think we've discussed the merits of solitude before on this podcast mm -hmm. right which is distinct from being alone right like it, solitude implies like kind of a voluntary um yeah respite from other people whereas sure. loneliness is kind of people think, tend to think of it as not under your control or, or not something that's voluntary so what's the distinction a between those two things right is loneliness inherently like a bad thing and what's the balance between like being away from people and like engaging with people well you can be alone while being surrounded by people yeah Right. I mean, that's that's what actually people feel right. many times today, um, especially in urban environments. Yeah. So city like, there's lots of very like depressed people living in like the city. Right They're They go to work. You know, they 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 they're surrounded by great people that have a lot of money. They have everything, but they're just 
very lonely. They're like, you know, people don't understand me. They don't know me, right? Um, they feel isolated. They feel isolated from people. And that's where people go online, right? It's like, oh, like I, I find my community online. I find my people online. Yeah. And there's, and I'm going to touch on this a little bit later, but there's actually this like growing trend of, you know, a lot of like younger guys mm -hmm. who were like severely addicted far more than like the past like 10 years to video games, right? Especially things like Fortnite, right? So there's like a massive increase in like massive multiplayer online gaming where people seem to find like this identity online because they're lonely in the real world. Well, it's it's not even too just about being physically around people. It's be it's being needed by those people. Mm. And that this is where sort of the uh <clears throat> Uh, modernity has sort of done its sort of trick on us in which it looks like this is perfect because everything is in its place right but everything being in its place and every everything being in the uh you know uh abundant amounts actually has rendered human beings to be <clears throat> unnecessary right and that's where the problem lies when you're un when you're not needed this is far more uh, of a danger psychological danger than being alone like you might have a job alone and we spend a lot of time alone, right. but you go back to people who really needed you to do that job, right? So it's sort of um, the social aspect of yeah, it's it's sort of like game. yeah, it's sort of something that the principle is that everything breeds its opposite, right? Everything begets its opposite. So when you're you know totally at the top of everything, you fulfilled all the needs of human beings. What you've actually done is taken away something critical, which is being needed, mm -hmm. right? Mm. That I'm actually. Re people rely Purpose upon in a society. But we're yeah. only moving further and further <clears throat> towards, moving that. towards yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think a lot of it also has to do especially in I can't speak for other countries, but think of the West, like here in America, people, you know, twenty years ago, thirty years ago, they didn't have other things like I feel like first of all, like Christianity fell tremendously in this nation, right? I mean the I even if people weren't very religious, there was still this like overtone of Christianity and values Christian of Christianity <laughs> that, that people had, even so close as like 1990s, right? Late 90s. Uh, and also, I feel like there was still this fallback of like purpose. Like people had like this idea of this American dream, right? I'm going to buy, I'm going to get married, I'm going to have kids, I'm going to buy this house. And now like all of that is kind of sort of shattered as well, right? There's, well, well uh, don't forget one of the bases <clears throat> behind that was, the, uh, was Marxism, the fear of the Russians. Right. Mm. Think about that. Like one of the things I actually remember growing up in the '80s, like really being nervous about the Russians. Really, like they bred it into you, right? Being nervous about the Russians. I couldn't believe when the Russians like started they're to collapse. The villains in every James Bond movie. Yeah, I mean they're they're the villains, and even they're we're taught in school. And the you probably TNC is bringing that back, by the way. The yeah. what? The TNC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you remember when they uh, when you when you had to do practices for bombings, right? Go under the desk. Remember those things? I, I went to school in Patterson. <laughs> <laughs> we really didn't have those girls, honestly. <laughs> but um, that's something that bo bonded yeah. uh, or, or brought a nation together. Well, they have that. There's, you have that today. It's Muslims. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, the thing is, so the American dream and, you know, achieving this, like, middle-class status and doing better than your parents did, all those are goals that were never going to lead to real long-term satisfaction anyway no, because you achieve no. them and then there's nothing else and even this 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 thing of I, and it is a it is a normal human it's it's part of our psychology to be needed by others and to have to want to need a purpose right 
but every single purpose that you can point to is has an end yeah and it's it's shaky at best yeah right so like some people that live for their kids right you can see these parents sometimes are like oh my children are my life well, those kids are gonna get married and leave right, right? Yep. and you're gonna be heartbroken and depressed mm-hmm. or you know you, li- you live for your job yep. well you yeah. can't work forever right yeah. right exactly. so you're gonna retire and what die in a year because you no longer feel like you're useful to you the have world. anything to the only thing that has any permanence and any reality is obviously Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala yeah so I mean the thing you said about Christianity that's 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 central right because right. all mm-hmm. of this trying to re- all people are trying to do is replace religion mm-hmm. and replace with some purpose, and replace other purpose yeah and replace uh, you know uh, a co-religious congregation with you know other so-called communities right you know we bond about uh, the games yeah. we play running or, or yoga oh, yeah, or, yeah. yeah. You know, whatever it is, we're all fans of this band, and so we have like you know these these that none of that is actually gonna ever really fulfill fill that hole. Yeah, and I think you know that's a part of the problem, right? It's it's one. I feel like in in America there was this idea of this American dream and all of that. Like there's this economic collapse, so you have like young people who can't afford things, they don't know what their purpose is, and then. <clears throat> The idea of like the self and you know understanding Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and understanding your actual purpose, that was a problem before too. Yeah, of course. Right? Even when uh, you know the American dream mm-hmm. existed, people still didn't have long-term purpose. Existential crisis. But yeah, I know. feel like there still was that temporary resolve, which sort of kept them on the edge of like loneliness and depression. Right? Yeah, it was relegated to old people. Right, yeah. and so like old people felt lonely. Now I feel like that trickle effect has come far well, down. Right now. So, so so much so to the point that you have it, you know, even in Muslim circles where people are severely depressed, right? Well, answer this question. What is it in, Amer- in, in American life now or in Western life uh, where a collective effort is needed? In what is a collective effort needed? Can you think of, can you name, can we make a list of things? Because wherever a collective effort is needed, that's where people will thrive. Because people thrive on being needed and people thrive on being needed together. Right, yeah. being needed by a specific group that knows my name, not just as a number. Right, right? they know physi- they literally know my name, and this is where I belong. And you could actually just—that's probably the reason gaming is a big deal because if they need one another, this those micro communities. Yeah, it's like yeah. it becomes a little micro community where they need one another. But what in real life? I mean, I th- well, I think we we might all be pretty much dispensable. Absolutely, our, and that's where jobs, right? I mean that's where like especially these jobs, right? I mean, yeah. we complain about this all the time, but like you could eradicate mm-hmm. my position, and yeah. nothing would happen. Yeah. Just what, right. the way to but do this <clears throat> is to study how Native Americans lived, or how small villages lived, right? Or small cities lived, right? Think about how they lived, what they needed. They were much more mentally sound than the modern person today. So just contrast the village, and contrast the city. Mm. Remove the obvious things, right? Uh, remove the obvious comparison things that you wouldn't want from the village or that you wouldn't want from the city. But now look at exactly what is the major difference between the two. Number one, the city, it's anonymity, right? So you don't even have to keep up virtues. Whereas you could be in the village and you might be an unvirtuous person at heart, but you just couldn't get away with it. So you're stuck with being righteous. You end up feeling good because you're righteous, right? That's true. Mm-hmm. Think about That's true, that, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so you move that reinforce them. Yeah, for example, how many you think every single person in the past was just righteous because they were in the past? No, they were righteous because it was stuck on it, but then they got used to it. Right. And they started to realize, oh, you know, the honesty does feel good. And even if right? even if it doesn't have that effect, at least you're protecting others. Right? Yeah, you're protecting others from your own harm. Yeah. And they know about the societal harms, right? Like, okay, yeah, I don't I don't really 
care if I steal or not steal, but they're like, you know, it's going to hurt that guy, right? Or it's like, it's going to hurt my, you know, long-term society or whatever yeah. it might be, right? So it actually if, made a if, difference. If you're cast out of that, of small societies like that, that's basically death, it's right? death, right? Yeah. So, you need to be with that. Yeah, so it might not even be out of like an altruistic drive no, like oh I want to harm this other person it's yeah. literally out of self preservation and here's the thing is when it comes to sins uh, you don't need to make a good intention to, uh, to be re- get the reward of not doing a sin right. so like what's the reward of not drinking is keeping your sanity that's your reward right uh, so when you're in a community where nobody drinks you're going to be forced not to drink even though you want to drink so you hate this but you end up not drinking you can still get the reward that you're sane Right? right now, let's say, take a shift. That's virtue in comparison to, between the village and the city. Now, how about authority as compared between the village and the city? In small communities, authority is across the board between the men. Right? If you have like, let's say, even in our community, let's say three, two, three hundred families. Right? If any one person rises up to take over the group, the rest of the guys will pull him down. Like you don't have the authority to do that. That's right. not cool to do here. Now, you go to the city now, okay? And by the way, just to give another comparison, police forces, local police forces, very hard to get high up. It's pretty much by seniority, right? In local police forces. You go to the city now, and the model is every man's out for himself, every man for himself, and you admire the guy who skyrockets really quickly above everyone else. So it really uh, reinforces the ego, right? In any city operation, you can, you can rise up the ranks much higher, much faster, Right by yourself, and by doing unvirtuous things than you could ever do in the local village, sure. Right in local town or local uh, uh, neighborhood. So just compare virtue and authority and the effect that has on the soul of a person. Okay, so by actually cutting out virtues, I can get further, and I have more control for myself. Well, that'll never happen to you, and it looks good, but it actually leads to a lot of misery. Right. Right. You go to the opposite now in the local neighborhood. It's more about sharing. It's more about being patient. It's more about having these virtues, keeping the group together, not putting it, putting anyone down, being stable. It's almost the exact opposite virtues are reinforced and nourished in a neighborhood environment than in the city environment. So, you know, these, these, these benefits of, uh, of a small community can be reenacted for Muslims in the West, even in a major metropolitan area, mm-hmm. just by being part of your masjid community. Yeah, your Fajr group. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so like if you're active in your community, if you're known in your masjid, if you're if all those people are your community, regardless of who your actual neighbors are, you have a community that's going to hold you to account and it's a small community and it's not you're not going to be able to just disappear into the masses. Yeah. Anymore. So and it's and it's totally a neighborhood community from the aspect that Fajr and Aisha, mm-hmm. right, is something that no one's walk no one's commuting to Fajr. Fedra is who the community is. That's your neighborhood. Now, like, this is, like, you guys presented a, you know, a good solution. Now, like, I, I have lived in this area, and I, and I know about, like, the con- communities that exist here. Mm-hmm. But I will tell you for a fact that mm-hmm. that is impossible where I live. Right? And I would, I would say that that's impossible for, like, a lot of other people living in the United States. Right? Where you go far further away from any, like, bigger metropolitan areas or bigger metropolitan bases... Like, if you go to Fajr in my masjid, you will find nobody. Well, here's the thing. Believe it or not, the jurors have fault. the jurors have rulings on that. It, I mean, it is. No, in, in, in all seriousness, the jurors have rulings on that. They have rulings on living in a place that doesn't have an imam, right? Well, we have an imam. No, in, the, <laughs> in <laughs> their... No, 
<laughs> oh yeah. Oh, it's Mufti's Masjid. Yeah, yeah really, Mufti's Masjid. But by right? the way, you're, if you're not, if you're really not getting like even like a half a line for Fajr every day, yeah. It's, uh, it's, we get like three people. It's us in your whole community. But then that's what you're in the wild, wild west. Then the wild, yeah. wild south. Right. right? I, m- mind you, we're not that south, right? Yeah. I mean, the, you. There are a lot of Muslims down there, though. There's plenty of Muslims. And there's plenty of Muslims in Philadelphia as well, right? Yeah. Um, and I mean, you'll find masjids in Philly, but like for example, if you cross over anything into South Jersey, I mean, it's really, really difficult to find. I would say the closest. Um, masjid that does really well is probably like East Windsor. I would. Right? And that's uh, not really even South Jersey. It's if not, you, it's the, so is West Windsor? Well, sorry, West Windsor, right? I would actually uh, find MCGP. it. Uh, I find it highly discouraged to live so uh, distant from the rest of the larger community. Right? It's so it's not practical on many levels. Right? Especially that it's not you, three Muslims, and nature. Right? right. It's you, three other Muslims, Everybody and else. and the rest of the world, the regular people. Right. Yeah. Uh, and they're not going to be influencing you to what you need to be influenced to. They're not necessarily going to be evil, but they're not influencing you yeah. to what you want to be influenced. Add to. three drops of food coloring to a glass of water; it's going to get diluted. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, and and, and so but like can you still make do with it. <laughs> 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 so uh, that's why the, people should actually think about and uh, living in an area with other Muslims is actually needed. Right? It's necessary. It's not something that's just a luxury. Okay. Well, wh- well, then what what do you value? Like a doctor out in the middle of nowhere, or a professor out in the middle of nowhere, or IT guy in the middle of nowhere. What are you actually value? What are your priorities? No one's forcing you to live there. If you're that educated that they'll give you a job way out there, right? Mm-hmm. You're educated enough to get a job somewhere else, right? Unless you're stuck because they control your H1 visa or something, then that what still is your problem, right? Yeah. So I would actually think that we actually should revive this concept that at least live with people. Live in a place where Fedra and Aisha it has a group of people. And one of the, my favorite things is that Around seventy-five percent at MBIC, any t- any at any given time, I know we can know seventy-five percent of the people, their faces. Mm-hmm. One out of four people, I might never seen his face before. Of the seventy-five percent, I'd say I might know the names of a third of them or something, right? So I end up knowing the names of twenty-five percent of the people, the faces of seventy-five. And newcomers now, you sort of ask them, right? Is you have now a community center with with youth with other kids you sort of don't really necessarily just welcome any old newcomer because it's not a jamia masjid right the what's they call the masjid al-jamia or the jamia masjid is really only meant for juma to be honest uh, honestly the, in the past you look at they meant for juma right. so your fajr masjid was not ever intended to be this massive operation where nobody knows anyone because that's not any benefit right so i would actually rethink priorities to live in a place where there's like four other guys. She's saying when he should force his parents to move back up here. I mean, I mean, he he move up and, and then go and call them every day, right? <laughs> Make the lunch. Oh. Or or move somewhere where there's people, right? Well, he, he I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to preface it because like, it's not that south, but we're like, yeah. Because let me tell you how some of my friends live. Some of my friends in the other Dini circuit. Their community is the national community, the conference community, right? That's their community, yeah. and I think that that's not great, right? I can. That's that's, that's definitely not mildly. great. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd actually prefer the four people one to that. Huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Be- because in that case, you actually end up you're you're there's no there's no scale at all, right? When your friends are all people that are in the nation, there's no adults you, either. Yeah, that's true. Like, there's nobody old anyway. That's true. Yeah, yeah. It's all like young people. Exactly. Yeah. So the the there's you're no not elders. you're not going to come upon elders to remo- to to keep you grounded, right? 
So I actually or out of the lobby. Yeah. <laughs> and and, <laughs> and you're 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 in a group where there's not necessarily a standard. Yeah. Right. So everyone's doing their own thing, and the standard becomes well, make sure not to offend anyone. Right. That's the standard. Ugh. So I I actually discourage that highly, and think that if people are in a place with Muslims but they don't like their local mosque, open your open up a new masjid. Right? Here's the the you the, get some tax benefits too. Yeah. Here's the counterpoint to that that yeah. though, right? Like. If you were to ask, you know, at least in the Northeast region, you know, some successful popular masjid, right, uh, NBIC would be one of them, right? More than likely, I mean, probably across the nation, right? People would point to, oh, New Jersey, NBIC is a great community. You don't get that anywhere else, right? So, I mean, it's, it's easy to say while you're here, right? But going anywhere else, I mean... What are people supposed to do? I mean, I would I would actually probably say there's probably people here in even Central Jersey who mm-hmm. are still lonely and Absolutely. depressed and come yeah. to the masjid. There's people who come to the yeah. masjid who are depressed. Right. Right. They're praying five times a day. Uh, at that, uh, there comes there comes a point where it's on the person. There comes a point when the person. I remember a brother told me the masjid is one of the places where uh, I feel so uh, unwanted. I said okay. He said, "Watch this person pass by me." He didn't say salam to me. I was like, all right, let me flip it. Name the people that you ever salamed. Name the number of times where you said to someone, you greeted someone, where you smiled, because you're always frowning all the time, sitting in the corner, and then whimpering about no one makes me feel good. This is not, the message is out in the scene. The whole point of the message is it's not a feel-good place that we're all going to come and love each other. It's a place where people are going to worship Allah, right? Then you get the side effect that, well, the dean says you should say salam and smile. That's the side effects of it, right? So you got to come and you got to do that yourself. You know, everyone's coming to do their own thing. So you do that yourself out of a courtesy from yourself and you'll get it back. And anyone, that's why extroverts, they're generally happier than introverts, mm-hmm. right? They slam others. Well, the others slam them back. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, I wrote this. But that's also, that's also like not even a legitimate classification anymore according to like psychologists. Really? The extrovert, why? introvert thing. Because people don't exist on like those... Uh, extremes like there's you could have a mix of like those uh, extroverted qualities and oh, introverted yeah. that's qualities like, that's like me and yeah. and yeah and there's also a lot of misconception this is a like yeah, the, that dichotomy yeah, well, is just not if a, you're a good, if you're behaving yeah. as an introvert right right then you will not draw happiness out of people yeah and that happiness out of people comes to you. Yeah. If you're behaving as an extrovert, if you're in the mood to behave as an extrovert, you're going to get the results. Like I'm saying, right? even the classification of like what is an introvert, yeah. like people commonly think that introverts, like they can't speak to people or like that they're all, that's like a different, that's like a completely different like psychological problem. It's yeah. like you can't interact with people. So yeah. just in general, yeah. like that dichotomy is like, is what, but I get what you're saying. You By know? the way, if you ever... I didn't offend you, dude. No, no, no. no I'm, just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> we should... Like, you we should wait, wait, wait. Were you called an introvert like, in like school should, or something? Like, like, he got offended. <laughs> Dude, that's not even a real thing, man. <laughs> I'm just Guys, saying, like... you got to classify. I'm just saying, like, if we're going to shoot for I'm accuracy... Not, no, so right? I'm not I'm not right. on yeah. the DSM-5. Right. So, so let's, let's drop the introvert. But right. by the way, there are people who are extroverts. Yeah. Have you ever met Dr. Shadid Masri? Does this seem like a person that ever has like any non like like I'm a little shy I'm, th- I'm kind of keeping no, to myself right. today no, you can have like like I'm an I know I'm like an extroverted introvert right like I like I'm good at public speaking and all that but I right. like I like hate people like I like if I'm in a group gathering yeah. right 
like I get exhausted by being around people, and then I need like yeah. I need to be alone. Yeah. Well, here's the thing: well, is are, when you're are when, those immutable personal traits though? Like that's no, the question. Probably no. not. So like, change, yeah, right. Yeah, like hundred percent. Yeah, if you can change that, then it's not really about like how like this is my nature, or, like this is how. Of I course. Am. Yeah. Well, you it's, know, uh, it, da- it comes down to your behavior then, like with with and your engagement with other people. What I really hate is when once getting group, into postmodern nuance. What <laughs> <laughs> once I hate once a group gets really big, that's when I feel like it's no longer personal. What's a big group? Like, um, more than three. Let's say, for, let's say, for, for example, for oh, like, let's say you, <laughs> you're in a local in a local masjid, right? It's a small group, right? You go now to one of these mega masjid, right, where everything's very political because there's just too many people to please, right? Yeah. No, no Isn't one single. Is a mega masjid? No. It no. is to me. No way. Oh, to you. Because <laughs> your community is four people. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if you my go, example. And according to you, mas- that's how you like it. So, <laughs> like any more than that. Here's the thing. Like, if, I don't if, like these people. If you go into a masjid, if you go into a masjid and someone says, I haven't seen you in like three weeks, right? Yeah. That's like a nice personal touch, right? Whereas if you go into a masjid and you sit there and you can sit there all day and, you know, there you don't you can't really see where what, who's the group here right who would i you know befriend are you sort of lost in the crowd that's not really a great feeling that's why the jamia the masjid al jamia is different from the local masjid right mm. and where people will find their happiness is if they find a nice local masjid where they get along with the people they pretty much believe in what they're doing right and well, they feel wanted and the other yeah. thing which you you mentioned Dr. before we got off on the introvert extrovert thing is the purpose of the masjid is to worship Allah yeah and if you're going there to do that and you're doing that consistently, guess what's going to happen? Yeah. You're going to have sohbah with people that are also doing that. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if you guys have different interests. Listen, I have friends at MBIC, by the way, who don't speak English. And yeah. I don't speak their so native well. language. And we just get along really, really well. And these are people that are very beloved to me. So well. And I feel, that I feel like I'm beloved to them. Yeah. And it's just because for the sake of Allah and it's not like some fake thing right yeah. oh I love this person for the sake of Allah no people like genuinely <laughs> yeah. like you like you know some people say that yeah. right no yeah. these, these are like g- genuinely kind uh, we, we, we have like a real relationship even though we don't sit there and talk about anything and here's the amazing thing there's a special there's a unique type of relationship in those places where you actually feel you know like think about one day you know I'm gonna I'm gonna be burying this man or he's gonna be burying sure. me right yeah. and that's that's one of the bases of the relationship but also is that you'd never once thought and even cross your mind to ever invite him over and he never once thought to invite you over yeah. and yet you have a perfect friendship yeah, right and it's the weirdest thing right where this friendship is here right mm-hmm. it has meaning here we neither of us are offended by the fact that we never even thought to invite each no. other outside uh, to each other's homes right. and we're perfectly fine with that yep. so it's there is there's that comfort is in a sense that you you're in each other's faces every single multiple times a week sometimes but you're actually very distant to one another in a way that in a sense that it gives you your comfort zone so mm-hmm. it's like this thing is not invading my own right. uh, you know space or my own privacy yeah. so go to the message for the purpose that the message exists yeah. don't go there being like I need people to invite me yeah, to yeah, this Ramadan yeah. Yeah. like Sheikh Noah says uh, happiness people want happiness uh, uh, well, uh, it's a creation that Allah possesses. Ask Him for it. Obey, him, obey Him, and ask Him for it. So it's one of those things. Like there are some stars that you can't see if you're looking at. If you try to look at them, you can't see them because they're very faint. But if you look away from them, you can see them only with your peripheral vision. Mm. You know about this, right? Yeah. It's he like just, the sun, right? 
No, like I just said very faint. Oh, right? I thought you meant like, <laughs> no, like you can't look directly at the sun. No, no cuz <laughs> like there's like the metaphor that like uh you, can't look you know, like for example, you can't look at the sun but you see you see the, you know, the the reflection yeah, of the sun yeah. from the things well, around you. Yeah, right? the sun because it's too bright. These stars they're so faint, right? Mm-hmm. That if you try to look at them, you you get lost. Mm. You lose it. But if you're looking away from it, you'll see it. Anyone who's tried to look at certain stars has experienced this, right? And it's the same thing. Happiness is one of those things that if you're looking for it, you're probably not going to find it. But if you're actually doing something purposeful, like that other people can do too, and you're doing it with them, right? When your eye is on a prize, then you'll find that happiness will come and, to you. And by the way, not not that... This is not like a like trickery, but the only thing that's ever going to actually bring you genuine happiness has nothing to do with other human beings. It's a hundred percent if 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 your relationship is good with Allah and Allah yeah. is is putting that in your heart, right? Is alleviating any any stress that you have yeah. and making you content with what you have, mm. right? So it's it's. I mean, this is this seems uh, passe maybe, but it's the truth. You don't you don't feel good about wealth because of how much you have, but because of how little you desire, right? Mm. So you're satisfied with what Allah provided. The people around you, you're satisfied with who Allah put you put put you for company. You know your job, your your. It's your all internal. It's all. Am I? Do I have uh, rida with this? Yeah. And and that only comes because Allah grants it to you. Yeah. So right. that's that's. So if you if you're going to the masjid to worship, you're already. Embarking on the path to achieve true happiness, yeah. regardless of what happens with community yeah. and people and etc. Yeah. And and one thing I, I'll say about that is two things actually. Uh, the first is I mean, as a Muslim, right? It's not one. It's not really like happiness that we look for, right? Like in life, there's a lot of different emotions, right? They're like a Muslim is permitted to be sad. It's probably a good thing to be sad, mm-hmm. right? It, they're, they're permitted to be happy. They're permitted to be angry at times. They're permitted to have a range of emotions. You're not supposed to be happy all the time, right? Yeah. It's not, it's not a thing, right? Like for example, when you, you know, you, uh, you just came, you didn't have gas in your car. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you weren't happy at the gas station, right? But it's like, what, what the, you're, but you're still content with what Allah has given you. Yeah. Right, like I was also happy for you, by the way, because you offered to help, and you got the super bonus. Like you sincerely offered to help someone, and they don't need your help, so you get the reward of the intention <laughs> without having to actually do the action. Uh, well, what this sorry. this brings me, you you bring up a great point, and that is we flee from hardship, thinking that it's bad. Yeah. But hardship is very good. So like for to a that, human being. So oh. like to that point, I mean the um, the original topic of like oh you know there's this there's this epidemic of like loneliness. Is that even always a bad thing, right? Like yeah. to to feel lonely. Some people feel it. Like why, why is that inherently something to to be hated? It's bad because of the reason. The the I mean, like you mm. said in the beginning, I think there is a true difference between loneliness and uh, solitude, right? Like I I don't think a Muslim should be depressed. I think that's a negative quality, right? Yeah. Right. I think a Muslim can be sad, but that's very different than depression. Right, yeah. depression is a prolonged state of sadness and for right. like it's actually dysfunction. Just to clarify, we're not talking about somebody who has some kind of chemical imbalance. Right, right, so. not like clinical depression, but like um, you know, somebody who's just in a prolonged state of sadness, mm-hmm. as a lot of people are today, with just like anxiety and angst for reasons undescribable. That's right. The, yeah, that's not what a Muslim Isn't should that be feeling. Depression. Well, you're the DSM five expert. Uh, right? <laughs> you're the guy with the nuance. Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> you're the guy with the nuance. I don't know. <laughs> 
Usually it's me, but like I mean, well, one of the, one of the reasons. Do, you remember a couple times, uh, some while back, we were talking about how we sometimes wish for like destruction, right? Well, one of the reasons I think secret reason that many people wish for this like end time scenarios and all that is that it's actually going to be a great time for solidarity for people to come together. Like, there's going to be a reason for us to actually be bonded together. We're going to be trying to survive, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas every other night is pretty much lonely, right? I mean, you go on a regular Tuesday night, you're just going home, right? The heat's on, that's it, and you maybe get a snack and pretty boring, (laughs) right? Whereas if it were an end time scenario or, or one of these calamity scenarios, it's like one of us is making the fire, someone's like killing an animal, someone's skinning it. That sounds like a lot funner, right? <laughs> it's like we're, we're all together. We're all doing, that we're needed. Right. Like we're needed. Right. Someone's going to be awake. Someone's going to be during security. Someone's going to be sleeping. We're probably going to be sleeping in a, like a massive sleepover, right? It's going to be in an enclosed space. <laughs> you like, like excited <laughs> right? about this. He's like, it's a pajama party. <laughs> pajama party at the end of time slumber okay. party like, we're gonna be singing kumbaya yeah. like, it's like the world is Monopoly. ending at least yeah. we're having a get, get, get the uno <laughs> so, I'm sorry go ahead yes, but you think about this is that we think that hardship is bad for us but hardship makes us forces us into a, uh, a situation of collective effort Right? right, and that collective effort is gonna is is gonna be a lot funner yeah. than just playing video games and having Cheetos and popcorn or mm-hmm. whatever until eleven, and then you sleep because you have to work the next day in a predictable yeah. fashion, right? Yeah. So I- collective need, collective yeah. effort, uh, unpredictability. Predictability is something mm-hmm. we all plan. We all want to have a predictable income. Right. We all want to have the highway should be predictable, and it's the job for the parent or the king or the sultan or the government to create. That's their job, but. It's not necessarily the nicest thing in the world when your life is so predictable. Uh-huh. It actually distances you from a lot, in a sense. Right. By the way, right? just look at our history, right? Look at the early Islamic history. Where, where was greatness manifested? Not during the times of great wealth and ease. Hmm. In fact, that's when a lot of the bad came about. Yeah. But in the times of difficulty, difficulty. and strife and, and, and hard work, that's when all of the great personalities yeah. arose. That's when you find... People in the historical record that you go, SubhanAllah. Yeah. If, even after the Sahaba. And now, listen, l- let me just give you as a fact before Sad's point is that after the Mongol times, you have two centuries, and these two centuries produce two different groups. And these two groups, the Ummah still, half the Ummah still rides on their backs. <clears throat> like, uh, how, like it or dislike it, that's how it is. The first group is in Syria, which was led by Ibn Taymiyyah. His student of Dhabi, or Ibn Qayyim, his number two, his uh, other student of Dhabi, and after them Ibn Kathir, right? Shortly thereafter, at the same time period, actually, right? Abu Hassan al Shadli, uh, his his uh, his assistant, who was um, who was right after him, uh, right after him, Hassan uh, No, no, no. Ibn Taylah. Ibn yeah. who was before him? Ibn like right after. Uh, his name is skipping me right now. Starts with a D. Abu Abbas al Mursi in Alexandria. Ibn Ata'illah Sakandari, uh, the, <clears throat> the author of the Burda, 
البوسيري امام البوسيري اند سلطان العلماء العز بن عبد السلام ذيس فايف وير اول كونكتد ابو الحسن ثرو ذا شاذلي رايت ثرو ابو الحسن الشاذلي رايت البوسيري اند العز بن عبد السلام ذي وير ذا اند ابن عطاء ذي وير ذا مريدز اوف ابن عباس المرسي ابو العباس المرسي رايت سو يو هاف ذيس تو بيهيمث اند ذي وينت اوبيسلي اوبوزيت تراجيتوريز But half the Ummah rides on their backs. If you think about it, all of the Arabs and the North Africans, they're upon, they're they're somehow taking yeah. from that fountain of uh, Shadid, right? A lot of West Africa and a lot of West Africa, right? And half of right and all the Hanabila and their followers, they're upon uh, Ibn Taymiyyah. And we can't just deny that Ibn Taymiyyah didn't have energy, and that he brought energy with him, and he was moving. You can't deny those things, right? And that Ibn Qayyim, Ibn Qayyim right? So uh, uh, I know that we have we disagree with his aqidah point on that. There's not that's not a question, but we can't deny that he moved. He had harakah. By the way, yeah, I think that to attribute modern day uh, <clears throat> followers of Ibn Abd al-Wahhab mm-hmm. to Ibn Taymiyyah is like attributing that's an insult. Goofs, yeah, to Abu Hashim. That's Abu true. Abu that's an insult. Yeah, yeah, that's an insult because they're ultimately the, they're the goofs of the Taymiyyites. Yeah, yeah. 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 One thing I'm gonna I'm gonna backtrack on a little bit is what you said <clears throat> about like. You know, when we're going to be playing Uno at the end yes. of times, right? It, I wouldn't even necessarily, you know, call it funner, right? It's it's not that it's funner. Yeah, it doesn't have to be fun. I think I, that's not I the think term. it's it's a matter of it's engaging. It's a matter of self. It's like a matter of purpose. If, if for, right? yeah, it's purpose. It, it forces you to think about someone other than yourself. Like they say, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, prior to World War One, people still liked going to war. Right, like there was like let's they say called you, it civil war, whatever. Not, it not was. civil as in within itself, but civil as in yeah. they right. had rules. They, they knew limits, was, right? Yeah, like yeah. I mean, war was still like honorable, right? Yeah. Like people grew up and like you had like this kid like in the farm and he would still train and be like, oh, one day maybe I'll go to war, yeah. right? Like uh, okay, he's, he's he's in whatever whatever country he's in. Mm-hmm. It's like it still meant something like that that thing had purpose their life and those things like those greater things for example going to war yeah even like nationalism fighting for your country or your land or your people or your tribe or your yeah. village those things gave people purpose like yeah. they they meant something in the world mm-hmm. right and and i think what happens today right is especially with like the way corporate america works the way anonymity on the internet works the way you know we interact with our with people around us with our devices with uh you know our communities i think it it eradicates the idea of the self and not to become all marxist or whatever but i mean it, it, it kind of does right and that in itself kind of eradicates like purpose yo you mean it, you be, we become num- just a number you just become a just a cog in the wheel yeah. right yeah. Mar- marx's marx and engels analysis of 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 industrial production, the way that the worker becomes commodified, and they just you know you you don't you don't see your product from start to end. You just have you're literally welding one one part. You don't even know what else comes yeah. after you or whatever. That's his analysis on that is spot on. Yeah. His solutions are ridiculous, but that analysis he he really knew what what he had a, a an insight into the psyche right. of, of the of the industrial it's, worker. It's, it was it's sort of. Uh, a contradiction that uh, not that he, he ever worked. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's such a contradiction though. He, just as a tangent point, that he recognizes the importance of a human being to do work, but he doesn't recognize the value of pro- owning property. 
Right. That seems like it's such a well because he was following angles on that. Whose mm. theory of history was that pri- the owning of private property is the is beginning the of exploitation, uh, including and also family is the is angles is uh, you know family private property. And I didn't know Engels had a big say in what he was saying. Yeah, he did. I didn't realize that. Yeah. So Engels, he was like his. Uh, his I thought partner. he was the financier. It was well. He he supported him. Oh. That's what I'm saying. Marx never worked. Yeah. He actually used to beg Engels for money. <laughs> but Engels' analysis of, of of the history, the development of the f- family, and uh, the origins of the state and origins yeah. of private property, it's really it's uh, it, it's not right. Yeah. <laughs> but it it really had a big influence on Marx. That's why he didn't understand that one of the human things is like I take pride in my work and. The ownership thing is he thought about collective ownership, right? Which yeah. means he didn't understand basic human psychology yeah. in that regard. Because people are not going to own anything collectively, voluntarily, yeah. and share it all in some kumbaya. Yeah. It's nonsense. It's total nonsense. I mean, he's talking about work. Well, who's paying these bills, right? No, the Who owns this home? Yeah, that's ridiculous. The it's like if you, Chomsky, for as smart as he is on a lot of stuff, he actually is an, an anarcho-communist. Uh, he mm-hmm. believes in... A pure, no rule state, huh. and everybody just shares out of the goodness of their hearts, yeah. as if he's never met a human being before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now this brings up well back to the point of peace, right? Prolonged peace is something that we always seek, but is it necessarily great for us? Mm-mm. It's not actually. So look at all these things that we think are good for us, and we should strive for, but ultimately they're not that great for us because they disengage us from the group. So hardships, we flee from them. Uh, predictability, we think it's good. It's not. Peace, we think it's good. It's not necessarily the case, right? That the idea of having a struggle and that we actually have to fight for our survival, believe it or not, the group that has this most right now, I would say is Muslims in America, Catholics, like practicing Muslims in America. Catholics have this. Maybe certain Orthodox Jews because uh, the liberal zeitgeist is just so... Uh, coming in your face, right? Mm-hmm. And they're just scrap, uh, striving to stay alive, keep, pass this on to the next generation, et cetera, et cetera. That's like what's keeping them together. By the way, I think that I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Yeah. I think that that liberal zeitgeist is less prominent than we're than we think. He, I don't think it exists mm-hmm. in real humans. I think yeah. it's only. I think it's a media creation. Yeah. You know, by the way, you know if you ask the average, just the average American that doesn't really think about these issues, how many? What's the percentage of p- people in the, in the general population that are gay? Like, what's the number? The the most common number you get is 10 percent. Yeah. Some people go, it's probably a little bit like twelve, maybe yeah. even fifteen. The actual number is like two one and a half yeah. to three wow. percent, depending on which. And these are all like studies that are pro-gay. Yeah. Depending on which study you get, it never goes past three percent, right? Yeah. And that's that's <laughs> like really like pushing the boundaries of what it is to be gay, like. Uh, some girl like if they're under had a girlfriend yeah. once in college yeah. so she's bisexual yeah. right um, so uh, why, do, why do people have this idea that it's that it's literally one in ten yeah. I think well, it's it's because of the amount of media we consume right. and, and, I think and the what liberal, we listen to and I think this the same thing when we say the liberals I guess it doesn't mean Republican because Republican, yeah. they're both actually on that path yeah it's what that's what we're, we're watching on TV. It's what yeah. we're seeing in the movie. It's what we, th- it's we, what we come to believe that the most people think that and that we're the ones that are 
Yeah. Regular? It turns out I think most people are regular. It's also the technology companies that push these things up. Mm-hmm. Right? So the technology companies like Google and YouTube, yeah, they're Comcast, even more. Comcast, yeah, huge. Yeah, they're huge. <laughs> and but, I think even the kids growing up now that we look at and we go, oh, these, these young people are all like psycho liberals, right? Yeah. I left that world. As soon as they get married and start paying some bills, yeah. they'll straighten out. And they'll be true. like, yeah, I don't know what the right. hell I was yeah. doing. <laughs> but uh, but the, it has a function, right? It has this function, right? Uh, of creating an image of a, go- of a boogeyman. Mm. Right, and sometimes you create that image, sort of knowing that it's, it's not really there, but it has a great function. Isn't that like right. also just an example of like manufacturing a struggle to like, <clears throat> to basically do what we're talking about to create a sense of purpose? That's exactly what they're doing. Absolutely, right? they're, yeah. they're, they're it's creating like we live in a time that's relatively like very peaceful. There's people don't have to worry about that much in yeah. America. Right, but let's manufacture these struggles yeah. and these. Are you talking about Jesse Smollett? Who? <laughs> I don't even Jesse know. Smollett. This is <laughs> all right. Short tangent. There's a guy. He's an actor on a TV show called Empire. Yeah. Okay. It's a uh, it's a TV show that's uh, written produced by uh, some gay director. Um, it's about an African American. Must be Netflix uh, then. No, it's Fox. No, it's Fox. Okay. Yeah. It's about an African American uh, record label, right? So there's singers rappers whatever this guy plays a singer who is gay and his father rejects him because of it and it's his struggle to you know establish himself in his music career even though his father owns the record label he won't sign him you know whatever yeah. um he, the actor that plays him is actually gay in real life <laughs> a couple of weeks ago he uh, reported that he was uh, attacked by two like white trump supporters who saw him out at 2 a.m walking the streets of Chicago it was like minus 15 that day mm-hmm. and he he had gone to Subway to get a sandwich and he was walking back to his building and so these guys randomly on the street spotted him and said hey aren't you that n-word from from uh, from Empire first of all what white hick Trump supporters no, are watching Empire. that show yeah. Yeah. Like, you guys didn't even know what that show was <laughs> yeah. so then yeah. and then they go you uh, they, and they call him another uh, another bad slur. name another slur and then they run up and they start fighting and they beat him up, and then they pour bleach on him, and then they tie a rope around his neck, and you know, like almost like a mock lynching. Mm. And then he goes off, and he reports it to the police eventually, and all this stuff. Well, as soon as I read that, I was like, "Come on, man! First of all, these guys. Oh, and they were yelling at him. This is MAGA country. It's Chicago, no, it ain't. First of all, these guys don't recognize <laughs> you in the street. Yeah. You probably were bundled up. Number two." Who's walking around with bleach and a rope <laughs> at two in the morning? It's it's not possible, yeah. right? So it's negative fifteen. It started to get yeah, yeah. It started to unravel eventually. It's uh, at this point the the uh, the latest uh, theory is that he he oh it turns out the the two, the two they finally arrested two people. It's two guys that were extras on that TV show. One of whom is his personal trainer. Really? Yeah. So he t- the whole thing was a setup. So he lied. Everything. So he can get like attention yeah. as like a victim of like Trump. So the whole thing's violence. a lie. Yeah. The whole thing is a lie. And and both sides of these are creating are playing against this thing to rally their groups. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and of course the Trump supporters are all like, see. Yeah. All these lying, all these people that are lying, and they just want to besmirch the president. Yeah. And then you know the left, they're still kind of like, well, we don't know all the facts yet. Yeah. Trump's whole they're thing. Like, well, it could have happened. <laughs> There's <Yeah>. nuance. <laughs> well, he, here's a, here. Let me give you an example of like you know what we were just talking about before that. You guys use Twitter. I, I, I mean, no, I, I used it for like a very short period of time, but oh, Dr. Shetty is <laughs> Dr. Shetty is pretty big on Twitter. How often? Let's say you had like you know a, a hundred comments yeah. you know 
how many you know percentage of comments do you find that are negative you have like a problem with or like you know somebody has beef with you oh uh, it's usually me who instigated it <laughs> okay right? if it's not so you, it's predictable who... because if i'm some sometimes you're in a mood and things need to get shaken up because i don't like prolonged peace i think it's dangerous prolonged fluffiness <laughs> we all agree just agree just agree okay that's really great but sometimes you need to go to the group that you need to make sure that you know, like how the in the past, the nation can't just sit around. The army has to move a little bit, right? And I feel like your body gets accustomed to the comfort, right? <laughs> so you, your mind gets accustomed to it. So you send off the army to go, go raid a village over there. Well, what did they do to us? Well, they just raid them, okay? So you have to go raid them, right? So likewise, every once in a while, there's some of the groups that I got my eye on them, and I, want, I don't want their influence. Every once in a while... We gotta go. Uh, well, you okay, gotta so, go and in, instigate something. So you, with so I'm okay. expecting some of that today, by the way. So yeah. you're the you're the example of the the, the, the negative people on Twitter. It's fine. But, I know. <laughs> I know. Once, once every Start blue moon. Wars. I hardly ever yes, get any yes, negative yeah. comments on now, Twitter. Now, now, but but when you go on Twitter, Twitter no, because right, I get, feel like it's a duty every once in a while. You got to make our position clear on X, mm -hmm. Y, and Z. It's not going to happen every day. It's every once in a while. Let's not, let's not remember here to get too comfortable. We do have positions and we do have limitations on X, Y, and Z. Everyone's got limitations. Why do we go on Twitter and pretend we're not, right? Mm -hmm. We got not limitations. I mean limits, right? I got limits on certain things. So maybe once a year, I'll express one of these limits, okay? So maybe before it was, it was more commonplace, right? Because I, what I didn't want, I didn't want... To attract a crowd of people from good saying, hadiths, and whatnot. And then that crowd of people thinks one thing, and really I think another thing. Mm -hmm. And then that's going to be a problem. Right. So the people who listen and take the stuff that I'm putting out there, I want them to know what my positions are. So every once in a while, I mean, sometimes it happens like off the bat. Once I saw some guy, a couple, a guy trying to engage in some kind of polite conversation about how, you know, Qadianism is just interpretation. He was like a white PhD guy. He's a became a Qadiani. That just for some reason got me on that one particular day. So we, all right, today's Qadiani day. We went <laughs> off, right? And that lasted for like 24 hours, right? But you got the point's got to be made. Yeah. I'm not going to touch it again for maybe another, maybe ever, Two but. Days. <laughs> okay, okay. So let me. So you get my point here? I get your point. So like but... every once in a while, I have a reason. Re I have to just reiterate. Just like if you're, if you're, when you're, you're going to be a dad, right? Everyone, you're not going to go tell your daughter, you're never going to have a boyfriend every single day. He's Maybe, a dad. He's a dad, I am. right? Yeah. When you're, when you're, but you're not a father figure yet, right? Because you don't have to. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Right? You're, I hope I'm a father figure. You're not, really, your baby's two years old, she doesn't, right? She doesn't know anything. That's yet. true. Yeah. Okay, your fine. baby's two years old. So when you're, when you, as you're going to see. <laughs> Only Dr. Shandy. Certain, certain limitations, right? Alhamdulillah, you are the father, but you're not a father. Figure. You don't have to do the stuff yeah. that Dr. Shandy did the That's other true. day. That's true. When, when uh, your son was in the, sitting in the in the back, yeah. and you were like, what are you doing in the women's section? <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> Let me backtrack a little bit. Because what I was going to say So about, what was the point about Twitter? So what I was going to say about Twitter, and it's not specific yeah. to you, right? Yeah. You know, how often do you meet in person people as nasty as you find them never. on Twitter? It never happens. It never happens, right? Yeah. Like, you will never, maybe once in a while, like, you could probably think 
of the number of incidences in your life in your lifetime where you have had like some serious like true you know true. argument with someone in person and you're true. like super frustrated and you like want to punch them and, in the face and right? even in those they never use the type of language they use on Twitter right right by the way there's only two places that that happens it's online and in, a, in, a, in the car well, not including oh, the car, right? Because like, you know you're all driving away anyway. Yeah, exactly. Car to car. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's cowardice. It's That's an, true. Car to car. In the car, it's yeah. anonymity too, right? It's the same problem, right? Yeah, it's right? cowardice. Yeah. Um, whereas in person, that never happens. And it's like what you mentioned about the village, right? Mm-hmm. There are certain social decorums that people kept up because it's like that's what they were expected to do mm-hmm. in the village. Mm-hmm. It's like the same thing in person. Mm-hmm. You don't get into real arguments. Not only that, I mean, in real life, like you have to worry about whether you're going to get stomped out by somebody <laughs> if you just say something right. to somebody's face. You all, right? Yeah. That's not something you have to worry about. Like, oh, like this dude like took down my Twitter avatar. Okay. <laughs> like I just open up a new account. You, you know what I mean? Like, you also nothing. you also have to think about if I ever I'm ever going to see this person again. Right. Like how awkward would it be if he's mm-hmm. also like my semen shop right in aisle yeah, five, right? Yeah. It's well, like the dude like, making my food at this yeah, place exactly. that I go to eat. Yeah. When you or in the masjid, yeah. In the in if it's in the masjid, right? Uh, you're going to argue with someone in the mess and have a heated argument. What if you guys are going to have like a 10... You're going to live 10 minutes away and pray next to each other all the time. I had a super heated argument with somebody from the mess. We're very good friends now. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh, it always changes, by the way. Yeah. It changes by necessity. Right. That'll right. never happen on Twitter. On Twitter. Yeah, yeah I know. Exactly. Because <clears throat> in real life, we had to see each other again. And... Mm-hmm. It, it was squashed. We didn't yeah. even I, yeah. discuss the details. Right. And, <laughs> we just and, hugged it out. And to get back to the, the, the loneliness topic, it's because of this, right? Like, I mean, <clears throat> you, you take these situations that occur in real life, right? And then you're making an artificial avatar of you, right? And then, you know, you're sort of like pre-imposing that upon yourself what, and saying like, this is me when it's not. What right? happens is that it's like, instead of one incident that might happen in real life and then like alex said you you might like see him again you hug it out you're having hundreds of isolated interactions online and they just stay isolated there's never a follow-up it's just like oh okay i got into it with this one guy online now i'm never gonna see him again never gonna talk to him again whatever you know it's like and you if you have a hundred of those (laughs) like over the course of time you yourself feel increasingly isolated you're like oh i don't like I can't relate to any of these people. You're totally right. And that's why I think the best thing, the worst thing, the worst time I remember is when I was actually caught up in these things, right? That was horrible. It was a horrible time. Yeah. When I, the best thing to do is, is to shut the door on the, on, the, on the whole internet at a certain hour of day and a certain days of the week, right? So they only use the internet during, let's say, working hours, nine to five. You, you do all this stuff. And then you realize this thing is like a minor thing in life. <clears throat> this is not a big deal. Right, so it's not worth having any serious interactions on this uh, medium, right? So maybe in the past I would have these little wars, but this is like silly. This whole thing is is unnecessary, all right? Uh, it's superficial. It's negative, right? And real life is actually happening. And it's you, you, you're, if someone if someone's considering you know online life to be like their thing, that's a problem. By the way, since I came back to Twitter, yeah, I've taken a different position. Um, so or, always I've been. I'm going to be the same person online that I am in real life because it's just too hard to juggle that. Like, why would you even... Why bother? Yeah. Right? I don't... Yeah. The other thing, I, I don't argue with people. Yeah. On, but the point in that I, Like, at all. Like, sometimes people will say something crazy and I'll go, I'll just ignore it and if they, keep, if they keep making comments, I'll go, listen, I'm not really interested in what you're saying. Because it doesn't and matter. Then, and then if I have to, unmute them. Oh, I, I'm I not, mute I right away. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't address right it. I don't, like, go back and forth. Like, well, this is my proof for yeah. why you're wrong. I don't care. 
Yeah. I'm yeah. just going to ignore you. You're just, you're just I'm, noise. I'm right away. These yeah, days. you're just noise. There's yeah. people saying worse things than you. That's true. In another corner of this app, yeah. there's no reason for me to engage in any of it, yeah. inclu- even if it's directed at me. Just because you added me yeah. <laughs> doesn't mean that I have to listen to you, it. You know that once uh, the biggest myth that people say is, oh, you're just creating an um, uh, echo chamber, right? Yeah. But I'm thinking, wait a second. Twitter's like the street. I'm not liable. Or I'm not responsible. I'm not... Uh, I don't have to talk to anyone on the street. Hey, random weirdo. Yeah. Let me hear what you have to exactly. say. Exactly. <laughs> That's what it is. I'm, I don't have to. I'm not answerable to anyone on the street. When I go to ShopRite, I don't need to talk to anyone. I'm, if if I say hello, that's maximum, right? Nah. And that's it. And, and if and they start <clears> telling <throat> me something about my... Like, I don't, I don't... I think you're completely wrong for believing in Allah. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. Like, I'm buying stuff. Get yeah, out of here. Exactly. Also, <laughs> that's it. those online platforms are more of an echo chamber than on the street. Like, on the street, you might say hi to somebody. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, on Twitter, you that's may true. say hi to nobody yeah. unless somebody has, like, you know, yeah. some vitriolic point to make. So, so who, who invites to a dinner party, for example, right? Let me invite the people I disagree with the most. So we don't create an echo chamber in this dinner table, right? No, in this dinner party, right? Who does that? So people only say that. That's like one of the biggest cop-outs when people say that. Well, another example I'm going to give you about the the social media thing, right? Um, There's a lot of people who are like content creators or who are um, just trying to start something you know i'll give you an example i mean my my wife was like oh i want to do calligraphy but everybody's doing calligraphy that's what she said you know like oh everybody's doing calligraphy i was like hold on who (laughs) who's doing calligraphy (laughs) all the calligraphers well she'll be like and she'll be like oh like everybody has all these websites and instagram and everybody's i was like find me one calligrapher within like a 50 mile radius (laughs) no (laughs) right well and that's what that's with anything people will be like oh this person you know uh everybody he's making i don't know and like people doing photography right it's like oh they're doing photography i'll be like find with just everybody yeah. look amongst themselves other than their iphone <laughs> other yeah. than online yeah. within a 10 mile radius find someone who's doing photography that's funny the, the, when, back in 2012 and 2013 someone said uh what is unique about this safina society i said well what it, he said what is it I said, well, it's classes, right? About Dean, right? And he's like, but what is unique <laughs> he's about like it? He's like wanted some yeah, greater yeah. truth. I said, some... what is unique about it? Because a lot of people are doing that. I was like, not in North Brunswick. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Not in not, this semester. Not yeah. right here. Like how, okay, a lot of people are doing it. Are they within driving, yeah. within driving distance, right? Yeah. And so. and I think that's what... <laughs> no, it, it's... You, that's it's 100% right. It's though. a valid point, but it's like... People don't think about this, yeah. actually. And and they get, uh, like, people feel like, oh, everything is saturated. Everybody's doing everything. Yeah. I can't be involved. I can't. And that actually takes people's purpose away because they go online. They see other people doing, like, these, like, crazy things, right? Yeah. They watch, mm-hmm. like, one video from, like, Casey Neistat. Mm-hmm. And they think, like, all of a sudden, like, now they, they need to become, like, these, like, incredible, like, you know, content producers. Yeah, they here's... Need to, you know, be like Gary Vaynerchuk. Well, well yeah. that, that's what and a it, lot of people forget, right? Like and especially it's not just, in things that are acts of worship. Yeah. Right. right. What? Why? He and well, and here's something you people don't think about, like the the loca- to localize something, right? Gives everyone a chance. Mm-hmm. Gravity is helping people because now your competition is very is much less. Let's say I want to open up a certain restaurant, right? Well. If it's a if it's about websites, there's no competition because there's a thousand people with websites. But if it's about restaurants, right? How many restaurants are there are like that in this locality that work? Right. Right. So gravity 
is something that exists in real life. It doesn't exist on the internet. The internet blurs all that. So if you're a designer in Singapore, right, and you know how to use uh, a GIMP or whatever websites people use to design, right? Nobody's <laughs> designing with GIMP. Okay, I mean, I use GIMP. <laughs> I mean, whatever. What is yeah, the website? Yeah. What, is, what is it? What is the uh, thing? AI a, or whatever? That's not Adobe. A web, that's not yeah, a website. So, right. So, <laughs> it's fine. It's Adobe. Fine. Okay. We're someone's get into using the introvert extrovert thing. Okay. <laughs> like that's not a thing. Okay. Uh, someone's not a website. If you're if you're an expert at Adobe, right. right it uh, and you're you're designing stuff for people's websites. Yeah. It, you Isn't can that be for making PDFs. You can. Adobe is a company. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Illustrator. If you use Illustrator, okay, whatever Adobe it is. Adobe is a type of brick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can whether you're in Singapore or China or Italy, you can compete, right? Mm-hmm. However, if you're like really good at cooking fish, right? <laughs> all of a sudden, the competition is very little, right? Because you need to eat that now. Yeah. So, in and you're and you're operating with uh, within the local. That's hundred percent true. So that goes back to what you started. What we start off with is the localized versus the national, mm-hmm. or the big city versus the neighborhood, or the comparing yourself to this international, worldwide. Yeah. Market. Exactly. Or, or yeah. uh, you know. Or com- international identity. Yeah. yeah. Like for example, right. Like someone came to and me one day the first and they were talking about like, oh, like we were talking about the podcast and they're like, oh, how many views you had? And I, I don't know. I just said like, you know, the somewhere in the so thousands. We got zero views, homie. It's a no, podcast. No, it was like, it was like <laughs> whatever. Listen, listeners, right? How many listeners do Views on podcasts is not a thing, man. <laughs> See, all that because he made fun of my gimmick. <laughs> how many listeners do you have? I was like, I don't know. Like this was like early, you know, uh, Aaron. So I was like, I don't know, maybe like a few hundred, maybe a thousand or something. He's like, thousand. That's it, and I was like, "Bro, let's let's back up here a second. Yeah. Have you ever met? Have you ever spoken to a thousand people at once? <laughs> That's true, right? Yeah. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe if you gave like a khutbah and like a big masjid or something, right? Yeah, I don't think a, a lot of people. I don't think I've ever been in a masjid with a thousand, thousand people in Jummah. Yeah. Now, a lot of people when they when they see oh, these yeah. videos or they see these things online, it's like, oh, they have you know one billion views. Yeah. They have one like five hundred million views. Has anybody ever gone online to see how many views like Islamic videos have? They have like three thousand, yeah. four thousand, five thousand views. Like some of the most famous Islamic videos that we've seen by like Sheikh Hamza or something, maybe like ten thousand, twenty thousand yeah. views. Some of them, right? And you got to take a step back, which is like you know. This thing, which was extremely impactful to your life, yeah. right, made a massive difference. It didn't reach millions of people. It only reached like 5,000, 10,000, yeah. maybe 20,000 people. Now, mind you, that's, that's something that went viral in the Muslim community, for example, right? Uh, but people take like their like, like arbitrary thing that they're doing, like, oh, I'm making like like pies right but it's like there's all these like millions of people making pies online and like i don't know how to make a pie like i need to (laughs) feel like inferior to all these other like people who are making pies and they're putting it on like pinterest and stuff i don't know what people put on pinterest but they're putting it on pinterest instagram uh, instagram pinterest they're putting it on all these things and it and and it's not just like pie making but it ends up with anything it's like oh i want to start like this company or i want to start this website or i want to start uh like you know, I want to do anything for a matter. I was like, I want to write poetry. It's like, oh, everybody's writing poetry. Well, you nowadays, right? you so. expand your competitive set to a point that it depresses you from right. action. And right. and so right. people think that you know, it's like, oh, writing poetry. Find me someone within yeah. like a ten mile radius who's writing exactly. poetry. Yeah. Oh, nobody's no, no. writing poetry. Go to any college <laughs> campus. There's a bunch in there. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> check this check this out too. When it comes to local versus uh, national, right, or city versus neighborhood or village, marriage. 
You look around in, in, in local communities and you say there is one way in which he married her. Her competitive set that her dad let her choose from was very little. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and he's the, he's the beneficiary of that neighborhood mindset. Right or right. wrong, right? Yeah. Now, you expanded that woman or that or certain guys. Mainly, usually it's a woman with a guy who was like, how did this happen? You expand, if you put her, right, let's say in a big city, he has no chance, right? This is, and vice versa, it happens too, right? right. Because certain people are conservative. Their parents say, We're, you're going to marry, we'll marry from the families that we know. Why would we marry a stranger, right? right? You might have some issue in background or something, okay? Why would we surprise ourselves? So this actually allows for people who wouldn't have much of a chance elsewhere, all of a sudden they have a chance, right? Sure. I right. mean, think about that's why once you localize things, people are really much more happy, yeah. right? Now, obviously, maybe she might not be that happy. Well, maybe, right? maybe she but, is, though. But then again, yeah. But let me just backtrack before we get off the topic. So the other thing to, uh, that you should advise your wife about the calligraphy is that doing calligraphy is like joining the Shaolin Temple to get a, like a black belt. I know. Kung Fu, right? <laughs> oh. Like it's brutal. It's hardcore. Yeah, I know. Like, I know. You can't even self-do it. No, not you only that. If you have a teacher, your teacher is going to make you feel like dirt for yeah. like 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a very small in the world until today. I mean, here how far we are from the times of... Uh, uh, calligraphy, right? In the world, there's a very small like group who all know each other from Iraq, from Turkey, right? From Egypt. They all know each other. They have a couple conferences a year, right? Muhammad Zakari is one of them, right? Mm-hmm. I think he's the only American. Yeah, Everyone else is freestyle, which he freestyle, he says, uh, free from practice, <laughs> right? You freed yourself from practice, yeah. right? So you don't really know anything, so you call it freestyle. But he's actually one of them. Right, and he's like, I know all these guys, and and it's a small group. You're not gonna get into that group unless you can preserve their tradition. Absolutely. Right. So yeah. I remember one of them, uh, one of the he had a student. She was on the alphabet for twelve years. Yeah, I like, mean it's such a small Ruka group for twelve years. Yeah. Shehno had a book, and he needed somebody to do some calligraphy for some of it, and he's in Jordan. He had to bring somebody in from like yeah. uh, from I think it's from Iraq. What did he use? Ottoman Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, the Syrian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and. And that's where it's like, you know, when it comes to like localized effort and, and a third example I'll actually give. Forget the Muslim community, right? Has anybody ever been to like a local like just town event or like go to your local library, go to like those? No, nobody does that anymore. No, like, uh, re, I mean, I, I, I try to. local library. Yeah, I try to go often, ago. right? And they have like. Oh, you go to those events? I go to them all the time. Um, okay. No, I was so, just signing up for a card. So okay. <laughs> uh, they have little Edison events, library. right? So. Like in the Burlington County Library, I'm, I I try to go as much as I can to those events. And like on the weekend, they'll have these events. So, so one recent one I went to is like some guy was talking about like lean agile practices and business. So I was like, okay, whatever. I'm, it's I'm nonsense. See, the thing is like we, we think it's nonsense, but you go there, right? Yeah. And the type of people that you meet, like I was, exp- you know, and initially if you have never gone to these events, you're expecting to meet like, you know, white collar like folks who have been working in companies but the folks that end up there are just like regular like day-to-day like especially in Burlington County you get like blue-collar folks who are coming to learn like at the library yeah. learning about lean yeah. agile you do I mean they're just kind of they're, <laughs> they're wild they're called like business entrepreneurship classes yeah. right yeah but that's very that's like a very specific like project management yeah. right but but like they have these series right this yeah. was one of them which is like helping like entrepreneurship in the community right um and so if you go to these things and you'll meet people that are just 
they're just regular, normal, everyday people. I gave like that talk about like addictive product design at the library. Mm. And like the f- people that showed up at the library are just like, they were like, their minds were like blown. Like there's a like, yeah. you know, normal everyday people who have never, ever really like gone this deep into technology and seen the effects are like, oh my God, I need to like, you know, look at what I'm doing and, and how I'm interacting with things. So it's interacting with normal people it's a huge thing that will, you know, will just take you away from a lot of this loneliness yeah. that people feel, right? I it's, feel my inner introvert coming out. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what, what it is, Moyen, though? What it ha- is, Alex, I have to stay away. <laughs> consider the depth. Consider the depth of the relationship, too. Yeah. Right? I mean, we really have a luxury if you believe in something strongly, right? Or if that th- you believe in something and that thing is strong. Like the concept of an afterlife is strong. Mm-hmm. Right? Once, you, once your foot two feet are in that that's that's a big deal think of the the depth of the commonality too not just the commonality or not just the being with people it's it's what is the depth of it the meaning of it and like you said earlier on uh, uh what alex said earlier on the longevity of this thing this thing we're talking about akhirah, we're talking about eternity right like this relationship is very deep right and it's one of the things that uh i was talking to someone the other day and he said let's just wait to see what they what, what the rest of the world's going to come up with Right, because it doesn't look like anything's coming up that's going to compete with that idea. Yeah. Right, in terms of depth, in terms of creating relationships, what is going to compete with the concept of an eternal uh, heaven or hell? By the way, you want to talk about a ready audience? So you know how a lot of people are talking about AI and job displacement, and you know, universal basic income mm-hmm. comes freeing people up. All that's going to create is more of this oh, yeah. purposeless, like, yeah, yeah. That, this like trending. rudderless, yeah. just people floating well, around. I mean, if, if, yeah, if you think about it, right? Like every, uh, we've talked about this before. Like every technological advance has been uh, born out of some yearning for laziness, yeah. right? At, at its core, right? I, I don't want to have to walk to the store, so yeah. let's make a buggy or let's make a car. Or I don't want to have to go meet this person face-to-face, so let's make a phone so I can call it, right? Everything kind of reduces the workload on human beings. Yeah. So if everybody's placing importance and tying their purpose into these activities that yeah. you're now slowly taking away to the point where what are people going to do now that most of this stuff is automated? They're going to ha- they're going to sit there with their thoughts, right? They're yeah. going to they're going to come back to this stuff like, "Hey, yeah. where where am I getting my purpose? And, uh, what is my purpose tied to?" My theory on why uh, the Muslims or research and development was was there but it was slower was that they were satisfied people. Like they were internally satisfied. <laughs> Whereas if you look at inventors, most western inventors, right? There's always something on the inside of this person killing them, eating them away at them. Right, and as a result, he became sort of away from society, then driven to an imbalanced degree to perfect certain something. Right, you look at all—they're all imbalanced people. Right, and the idea that have you ever seen someone who, like, relative to you, was totally unstable, but that unstable person eventually, you know, progressed into something because he got into it way beyond, beyond what's normal. And then he really advanced in it, but you're like, this yeah. is a false advancement. This yeah. is advancing because of a lack. 
Right. Because he's an imbalanced person, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it there's also... Me of that. Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> it reminds me that I remember watching uh, Sheikh Hamza Yusuf lecture yeah. where he was talking about the guy who invented rocket science yeah. or was one of the pioneers of rocket yeah. science uh. and how this guy, like... Um, he was like super into like occultist yeah, ki- type the stuff, of and Crowley. yeah, and he had like dreams that the uh, that a figure named like the Dajjal essentially told him to advance this science, really? right? So like you'll find that in a lot of these guys' stories. Well, think a of, lot. Think about one of my uh, Bobby. What's his name? Bobby Hurley? Not Bobby Hurley. Uh, Bobby Fischer, the chess player. Yeah, absolute weirdo. Right. Yeah. yeah. He was an amazing chess player. He's got a great story. Very gritty guy. Absolute weirdo. Well, that right? guy was. That guy was like. Dead center of the spectrum. Yeah, <laughs> he's a chess player. Like, and, and like, yeah. and like, socially super, yeah. like, totally I mean, weird. Way, yeah. Like, this is not a. This is. He literally, when he used to go to hotels, he used to have like he needed his toilet seats to be at a certain height. Yeah, and he would have them adjust, whether if it was higher or lower. Yeah. He would have the hotel have to change like. Yeah. Because he it had to be like exactly exactly at a certain height. Like, he, he would measure it. He was like that. He was <laughs> also like, a type. Oh, he, but he was as a chess player, not even just no, smart. Super creative. Yeah. yeah, not yeah, not smart, not just innovative. smart. Cre- innovative in chess and also a gamer. Like there's one thing where you can be really smart, but you don't know how to win. He knew how to win. Oh yeah. Right? He actually in the in the massive tournament against the Russian guy, he actually threw away 3 games. 3 games. Right? And the way they play, I think he's 12 was, first. And I or think 11 it was, first. I think it's 7 or 9. Yeah, 7 or 9 first. A draw is half for both, yeah. half a game for both, and a win is what one, right. right? And a loss is zero. So he actually he didn't know what to do. I think they they go two one and zero, but whatever. Same Something thing, same like concept. Yeah. yeah. So he didn't really know what to do, and he was getting beat basically. So, but think about what he did. He didn't just get beat soundly. He threw the games, which made the Russian person be like, "What the heck is going on here?" <laughs> so the Russian was like th- sitting around not knowing what's going on. So I remember one of the things is that the Russian guy. Uh, his manager said you're beating him right he's like no right when a guy throws a game that guy's taking the initiative he's in the driver's seat he threw the game right in other words he just made a couple moves that end the game really quick so he's the guy so Bobby Fischer was an amazing guy but you're gonna be amazing when you spend 90% of your time doing chess no stable human being will do that so this is not a healthy way to run a civilization that the advancers of the the leaders are these imbalanced people you look at Steve Jobs imbalanced human being right you look at um who else i mean you look at i mean nikola tesla who yeah claimed that he was getting his ideas from like space yeah right like from aliens or something i mean the guy had gin or something he yeah. was he was some he was signed well, a semi majnoon there's right? another thing too right I, I may have mentioned this before but <coughs> I, I remember sheikh Muhammad he was teaching a class once and he was saying that the sahaba that that generation had available to them any technology that we, like any advancement that's true advancement mm-hmm. could have been a, they could have done anything right and in fact they had more advanced technology in every single way that you that's beneficial so like we have technology but it's not necessarily good that's true right yeah. like if you look and this is you can verify this this lifespan of the Sahaba way longer than modern people mm. like Subhanallah. like they were living into their 90s into their 100 150 yeah. there's there's actually books about Sahaba that lived over 110 yeah. Right, like the the collection, they had to collect yeah. them. Yeah. To, this is the name of all of the Sahaba that lived past that age, yeah. or the Tabi'in, right? So they used to live extremely long lives, much healthier than we are. Like people go, oh, we have all this medical technology and we're expanding lives. Yeah. You're nuts. Yeah, <laughs> right. 
this is this is not where this is not where it's they had yeah. it all settled in already yeah, right true. so the things that they didn't have is things that weren't necessarily good yeah. so yeah you have all these people like these uh devil worshipers or like insane people like tesla yeah. or like like just weirdos that are super hyper focused on something and they're advancing their field and their tech but for what purpose? Yeah. They're advancing their knowledge. I think in and of it, it's for the purpose of itself. Yeah. I, I, and I think that they're fleeing from something. Maybe. They're fleeing. Well, why would you do this for, for, for 12 hours a day every single day? Yeah. Something's wrong with you, right? Yeah. You're not normal. Like my bookshelf has a whole bunch of these people. They're biographies, <laughs> right? And I'm like, something is not right. There's no way anyone can live like this if they're normal. Mm-hmm. Also, right? these guys know the some of the biggest advancements in like... Uh, online payment security unless it comes from the porn industry right yeah like that's what drove a lot of like you go oh all this online mm-hmm. encryption for payment wow. it's driven by the porn because they were the one the first they ones need, that, they want the that wanted credit cards yeah. I mean a lot of people don't know this the highest you know if I'm not mistaken the highest like internet bandwidth use is from porn of course I'm sure yeah because yeah. it's all video streaming right yeah mm-hmm. it's all video streaming I mean the highest internet bandwidth use is not Google or Netflix or Hulu mm. or one of these things it's Pornography, and, and I'm, I guarantee you that all the streaming stuff and all the advances in video, it's all They're from all that industry. It's AWS. All for that. Yeah, yeah. Like, let, let's bring up another point. There's loneliness in the here VR. and now. Yeah, there's loneliness in the here and now. They do the, VR now. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, oh <laughs> they have VR porn. Mm-hmm. They have augmented reality porn. You can actually buy. They're they're working on like sex dolls that you can buy, right? And you can own them, and you would. Stuff for love, but uh, um, yeah. yeah. So it's, like, it's very, very, very creepy. Not only is not all technology good, maybe no technology. Yeah. You you brought up a point that uh, the luddites might be right. Add, add this to the loneliness idea. It's not just about loneliness here and now. There's also the sense of loneliness historically, and one of the things that we're seeing within our before our very eyes is the idea that the founding fathers are not moral figures that we can follow, right? Like, first, it's not an issue for many immigrants like myself. I couldn't care, really, not a big deal to me. But for many people, that's their identity, the founding fathers, Mm -hmm. right? That's their identity. Mm -hmm. And George Washington never told a lie, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. As you move on, though, it's becoming (laughs) the only reason that George Washington has been spared is because of the amount of things that are named Washington, right? Right. So you can't really go there because it's not practical. But they've already gone there for Jefferson. It's a matter of time before they uncover something for Franklin. So they were the leaders in a political you time mean and like space. Franklin, that dude like, was like yeah, that, a womanizer. Yeah. 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 Okay, so they already have yeah, stuff. Okay, so they already have stuff for yeah. Franklin. I'm, I'm up to date on that. I knew yeah. about Jefferson, yeah. but so morally, people are distant from them. People, right? Huh? Yeah, yeah, he was like a rapist. Yeah. If I'm not you talking about Ben Franklin? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> these, huh? these early dudes were wild. Yeah, they were yeah. crazy. They were members of the Hellfire Club, yeah. right? Really? Where they, 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 first of all, they shoot religion. This is why, like, dudes like Keith Ellison got sworn in like on deists, Thomas Jefferson's right? Quran. Yeah. Because Thomas Jefferson was a guy living in a super Christian country. Why do you have a Quran? Because yeah. you don't actually believe in anything. You're yeah. like, you're like a, he was like an early, like, uh, perennialist. Yeah. <laughs> well, so the, the, the idea that we still have a moral, we can still have, we rely morally on our Sahaba yeah. and all of our Salaf, right? This is a huge thing psychologically. Like, this is massive. Like, well, I, I wouldn't know what to do. Like, how would your mentality be if you couldn't rely on anyone in the past, right? Think about this. They can't. Yeah, they can't. I think mean, about, oh, I don't even want to get into it. Yeah. But, but think about can. the beauty that of establishing, when you establish a religious order, 
what you're doing is you're establishing the hierarchy of this operation, right? Or the connection in this operation is through what is real, what's true, and what's good, right? And that's the basis of it. Not just what is here and now politically, right? Right. So uh, I think that's something that we have to look into when you talk about loneliness because you can feel really lonely. You can be really alone today as a Muslim, but you realize, wait a second, all of history is on my side. All these Sahaba are on my side, right? And we know that. And all the Malaik are on my side. But if you're alone morally today and you don't know who in the past to look up to, right? right, That's a big problem. Also, if anybody starts feeling like a a, a little bit of uh, ennui and Mm -hmm. they're like, I don't know, I feel a little blue, and pick up some Rumi. Like a good translation. Not Coleman Barks. Or or Omar bin Khattab. You know, Hassan al-Basri said that uh, if you ever feel sad, pick up Omar bin Khattab. Because he's going to just cheer you up. He's, He's so extroverted. Right. Well, what I was, that. what I meant by Ruby, if you, if you, like, if you, I'm done. I'm done with that. And maybe you can. <laughs> I'm done. Maybe disagree. Yeah. Yeah. If you read, no, here's that's an individual who yeah. does not have yeah. a shade of introvert. Right. He's a hundred percent extrovert. Yeah. If, uh, you, if you read go good Rumi, right? Yeah. If you read like a good translation, you'll see somebody who's uh, expressing beautifully expressing longing and. Uh, you know this uh, ang- anxiousness for, yeah. for 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 being, but it's all directed to Allah, and so maybe you have these feelings. Here's a way to read because people listen. People do this, right? They're sad. They listen to. They watch sad movies or they listen to sad music about, oh, my baby left me, and what am I gonna do? Yeah. No, read some Rumi and then find out what, what you, where you should be directing this emotion mm. that is clearly in you. Yeah. Direct it towards the only thing that you should be missing and feeling separate. From. What is this th- thing of feeling blue? How could you feel blue? Just Stop feeling blue, right? <laughs> like, so before, I'd like to actually. Psychology. <laughs> <laughs> I've never understood this. You need to get, I've never I, understood you need that. To get people on the chair. <laughs> <laughs> tell I, tell so, me what? <laughs> What's I've wrong never with understood. You? This. He's a guy that wants yeah. to play Uno. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and I'd actually like to read this. Like I was going to read this at the beginning of the episode, but I didn't get a chance to. Um, but so Saad actually sent a, a pretty good uh, article from. It's not really an article, but it's a study from Cigna, um, the insurance company, and it just went through a survey of twenty thousand U.S. adults ages eighteen or older about like the just reportings and findings about loneliness, and. And I just kind of wanted to read through them. I should have done it at the beginning, but I think it's it's very insightful and alarming, almost, you know, as as to how how big these numbers are. So nearly half of Americans report sometimes or always feeling alone. So forty six percent, forty seven percent feel left out. This is twenty thousand. They took a survey of one in four Americans, about twenty seven percent, rarely or never feel as though there are people who really understand them. This is all a bunch of. Insanity. Two, I'm telling you, this is all in your head. So let me go through all of them. Two, I'm telling you honestly. Yeah. Well, two in five it, Americans. It is actually I two mean. in five <laughs> Americans sometimes or always feel that their relationships are not meeting meaningful. Yeah. Forty three percent, and that they are isolated from others. Forty three percent. Okay. The, only the other one that relationships are not meaningful. Maybe. Right. One in five people report they rarely or never feel close to people. 20% of people feel that. Okay. Some but, of those things you say that could have a reality. Here's the thing, though. Before you continue, the thing about this kind of research is that it's all about self-reported feelings. Yes. Right? Yes. So it's like, and I sent Moeen a video, too. It's like, 
with loneliness, like it's like the basically the way it's it's even measured, it's like if you feel like you're lonely, then yeah. you're lonely. Yeah. So there's not even a, like an objective <laughs> exactly. measure, right? Exactly. I could be like I'm feeling lonely, but objectively, what does that mean? Yeah. Right. So and a lot of the and these a lot numbers, of the... it's 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 yeah. I think they're fine. Like they're they're looking into some something clearly, but. I don't know how accurate those... This, this thing has seeped into academia, or what, too. what that even reflects, right, in terms of what people are going through. Yeah, this thing has <laughs> seeped into academia, too, where absolutely subjective, emotional statements, right? right how are right. you feeling? Are considered data. This yeah. is not data. And by the way... <laughs> I love Dr. Shannon. <laughs> listen, wait, half the things that you were reading, to me, is yeah. invalid, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, how so? Read, read me the first three statistics again. Nearly half of Americans report sometimes or always feeling alone, 46%. Sometimes. Okay, keep going. Feel, feeling alone could be an objective thing that, like, my, I work alone, I live alone. That's objective. But the best part How is, could you feel alone? But, you, but the best part of that sentence is that it said sometimes or always. Yeah. That's like saying, like, 100%. <laughs> percent of people or sometimes <laughs> or always or never yeah, yeah. feel sad you know they go through the whole true. range it's like is that everybody is that everybody that, that is a meaningless statistic <laughs> sometimes right? never exactly. or always 100 percent of the people <laughs> like <laughs> so he just eliminated the only thing they eliminated from that stat is never which is if they because if, it was truly the case you couldn't get their statistic right <laughs> Okay. So <laughs> that means that the one guy living in Alaska. Right. Okay. All right. You're absolutely right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> one, in, one. one in four Americans rarely or never feel as though <laughs> people really understand them. Yeah. So rarely or never feel as yeah, though people understand them. There are people who really understand them. Okay. Really understand Very them. Very vague. <laughs> so, so <laughs> So they might kind of understand them. <laughs> they haven't had so many qualifiers yeah, I know. in that sentence. Exactly. Sometimes and, and, and or just, rarely. <laughs> wait, what was it? Rarely or never? Yeah. Rarely really or never them. feel as though there are people who really understand so how many, and, and So under- what percentage of people is there sometimes or rarely kind of understand them? What percentage does that constitute? And, and yeah, what, I love how you made this survey a joke. <laughs> I'm joke. just saying, like, these are vagaries of, like, statements yeah, exactly. that, like, you can't even... How do you parse it? Exactly. How do listen, you parse this Listen, what, you're, an, you're, an, you're an IT guy. <laughs> Things are or aren't. Yeah. And when I'm reading FIC every day, it right. is a statement that is can be yeah. a, a, these assessed. Aren't, these aren't decisive statements. <laughs> exactly. They're, exactly. They're so do you know how many how many do you know how many wives make the statement you don't understand me to the guy that they live with? Right? All of them. All, All of, of them, them three, four times a week, right? <laughs> it's a meaningful statement because she's happy thirty minutes later, right? Okay, next one. Two in five Americans sometimes or always feel that their <laughs> relationships are not sometimes meaningful. Always. Yeah, sometimes or always. This again, another one of them. One in five people report that they rarely or never feel close to people. Yeah. Okay. Wait a second. Some t- the the relationship thing that could be your fault, right? That's not necessarily the other person's fault, right? That their relationships are not meaningful. Yeah, that could be from you. I mean. Right? That could be your fault. I, mean, I think the purpose of that, like whatever it was that that study was to literally, it's it's like a subjective. It, it literally is a subjective study. Yeah. What's right? the website? It's like, how do you? Well, feel? It actually says that. It was like, Cigna. What, can you tell me the website? It was like the health Cigna. You know who? How this website was? How this survey was made? Hey Bob, do you ever feel left out? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Type that. That's one. Well, this is the right? UCLA. So it says. Uh, 
Um, <clears throat> the evaluation of loneliness was measured by a score of 43 or higher on the UCLA loneliness scale. Okay. A 20-item questionnaire developed to assess subjective feelings of loneliness as yeah. well as social isolation. So, the UCLA loneliness scale is a frequently referenced and acknowledged academic measure but it was used only to gauge sometimes administered. <laughs> by, by the way, just in support yeah. of what Dr. Shadi was saying about don't feel that way. Yeah. So there's a there's a there's a there's a popular skit on SNL that one of the actors does. He plays Big Poppy, uh, okay. David Ortiz, yeah. right from the, from oh, the Red Sox. <laughs> so in his post retirement thing, he's doing ads now, right? Oh, okay, so, let's hear this. Well, how about this one? Do you suffer from depression? <laughs> Don't. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. What's that an ad for? For not to be sad. Why you be? <laughs> yeah. Sad? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly it that's a mentality that's a mentality yeah if I, if someone you sa- feels hot? exactly <laughs> you know that to, to, to come down being mopey mm-hmm. in the household that i grew up in that was like speaking yeah. rudely right yeah. <laughs> well you're being mopey you're affecting my mood now yeah. right go upstairs fix your mood come back normal it's actually right? a compounding effect too the more you're the more you stay in that yes in the that, more you think about the more it. you think about that and dwell on that the, yeah the the worse the cycle gets. I remember you're, one time plunge further into you've plunged further into. It. I remember one time I was down about something that happened, right? And then my dad said, "Oh, you're just gonna go thinking about it all day, and it's gonna keep growing and growing and growing." When in fact it's nothing. I was like, "Yeah, it is nothing. Like, what is it? Mm-hmm. Can you can you actually say in a statement, right? What makes you sad? If you could put it in a statement, you can fix it, right? If you can't put it in a statement, then it doesn't exist, mm-hmm. right?" Right, and we're not saying that like your spouse dies and you're just, you're just oh, like get course, over it. Yeah. No, that's, that's a serious. That's an actual thing. But just like you're just not feeling. Uh, yeah, I'm just, just blah. Exactly. Uh, uh, if you want to do but that, that's me all the time. So don't. like this is great advice for me. Yeah, do, uh, get on a treadmill, do some jumping jacks. Exercise like make amazing. Make yourself heart go up. Right? These are, so these one are thing- trains of and patterns of thought, right? Yeah. That like once you get on that train, you can choose to stay on it all totally, day long. Totally, you know. But just. Just one, choose to not get on it, right? Totally. And, w- one solution I can, you know, say personally that absolutely works yeah. is, you know, just <clears throat> bombard yourself with Quran, mm. like a tremendous amount of Quran. Not like yeah. not like fifteen minutes a like day. Like on headphones or recitation or mm-hmm. everything, everything, yeah. everything. Reci- yeah. Like I'm talking like drown here. You need to yeah. do like three juz a day for like a week. Right, Have like, you, and then you need to, on top of like doing the juz, you need to just like listen to like you know all day as yeah. much as you can. Just listen to Quran. Mm-hmm. If it's in the translation, it's in the translation. But just drown yourself yeah. in either Quran or dhikr. And here's the thing: not like twenty minutes, like mm-hmm. oh, like after work, like after month, no, no, like, I like banged out like you know three to thirty tasbees, and that's that's it. Like that's not it. Like, I, <laughs> I used to, uh, I used to use the earpods. I used to hear the earbuds, right? And I had uh, the little. Um, Back when I had the iPod Nano, put the Quran on, mm-hmm. let it run through all the tracks, and keep it in my ear, uh, in my ear the whole day. I'm telling you, the whole day, even in class, right? When I would give lectures in Arabic, is that permi- is that permitted? Huh? Like, no. You- well, I would take it off if I was talking, but if they're taking an exam, I put it back in. If they're doing uh, exercises, I put it back in. Right? Walking class to class, I put it back in. I fall asleep to it. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm telling you, you feel your heart is polished polished like soapy polished mm. right and it's a feeling it's a feeling like i'm telling you this is what the drug dealers are looking for this feeling it is such a feeling of rest and serenity like a like a lake that is so still it's like glass that's how you feel when you wake up in the morning 
Yeah, and and, that's and now actually, that you have ear ear sorry to cut you off. No, no, no. Now that they have the wireless ones, oh, I could uh, do wonders with those because yeah. the wired ones you're like choking half like two in the morning. It's not really safe, right? But I still did it anyway, right? Don't but, endorse AirPods on this on this podcast. <laughs> how are they? They're bad. I don't know. They've they've been around. I think um, like wireless. I don't, I don't know how people around. don't lose them all the time though. Yeah, but yeah. I, I, one thing I would say to that is, that, and this is like completely anecdotal, subjective, doesn't mean anything, um, but I'm going to say it anyway. Listening to a little bit of Quran and doing a little bit of Quran will actually make it worse if you're not doing like, a lot of it. Because you'll believe it's not useful. Y- yeah, because you'll actually think it's not useful and you're still feeling sad and down and like, yeah. oh, like why am I listening anyway? The proof of that is the Quran never mentions dhikr except it mentions much. Mm-hmm. And it, when it does mention little amount of dhikr, it only re- re- mentions it in the context of the hypocrites. So that it didn't cure them of their hypocrisy. So a little bit of dhikr does not necessarily do the job. Allah himself is telling us. A lot of dhikr is needed to do the job. Yeah, and that that's, I mean, that I always took that example to my for myself. And is I have personally seen it work, right? Yeah. Just a lot of dhikr, a lot of Quran. And at the very least, you know, it might not rid you of like, like um, feelings of like, you know, you nobody understands you. That might not yeah. go away. You might still have some of that stuff. But I no, I, I would say maybe you are not expressing yourself properly. Yes, right? so th- that's what I'm saying. Then so it the might whole just world's be, messed up. But you're like Mister something. Then it right? might just be your personal like you know interaction with people yes, and, and exactly. actual things that you can change. Yeah. But I you know I I could tell you from myself the anxiety will go away. Yeah. I'll, right? I'll give you an example. A man has like four divorces and he says ah women uh, I don't understand women. <laughs> Apparently they also don't understand you. You had four divorces. You're one guy, right? So who has a problem? You are four women, right? And vice versa. It's like those kids who every year, every year in school, the teacher is just just, just doesn't like. Them. Oh yeah, the teacher doesn't like. Them. Yeah, yeah. It's it's every teacher in the school. It's not your kid. Doesn't like you. Sure. Yeah, doesn't like you on the first day. Yeah. Right? And also the thing with uh, sadness, sadness is one of those little. It's a mental enemy. Once you learn to knock it down once, that thing will never come back at you. Like you will destroy it. And I had it from. I told you guys two things I had it the one time I told you guys that I was taking uh, some kind of vitamin that was really bad that was clinical totally clinical right right? and I was down but I don't know why I'm down right and I can't get myself out of it I was overdosing on a certain vitamin that my friend also was overdosing on or we're taking too much on it too much of it it was just bad for us right the second one was moving to England when it was just (laughs) (laughs) that weather when it was when you get literally 92% of the days are cloudy right it has an effect on you right and it had an effect but I had two options I get depressed I like how England had an equal effect as a clinical great drug England (laughs) why do you think they still have a monarchy how could you run a revolution when you're all depressed, right? <laughs> right? So I mean, the music that came out of England, like in the in the popular era, like in the eighties, mm-hmm. right? It was all like really dreary. Oh man, man. Like still Morrissey. Music. They're also oh, proud of on. that. <clears throat> now here's a, here was the thing about they, like, England. Celebrate that the the dreariness. That, yeah. Yeah. Sorry we, to our UK listeners. Yeah. I don't mean all on <laughs> So we're sitting here. We we used to live in. Uh, there's a great uh, place called uh, Angel. Really neat area. You keep going up a couple more stops on the 73. We used to live right there, right? So we're living there, and literally, I would be, we would be looking at each other like, I'm just down. We're just down. And it's like, (laughs) you have two options. You're going to either allow yourself to sink into this, and then tomorrow you're going to sink further, and the next day you sink further, or we just mentally 
fix this situation. So we came up with different strategies, right? One strategy, go down for Salah in a different masjid every single day, right? Go down for one for, uh, for, Maghrib, uh, for Aisha, because Maghrib comes really early in the winter time. So you pray Maghrib, whether it's school or work. Now you have Aisha to pray to. Pray Aisha, right? At like 5 p.m. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's really early. You pray Aisha, right? And then you walk in that neighborhood, wherever neighborhood that is, and you find yourself a place to have a cup of tea or coffee, right, in that neighborhood. So you have to discover a new neighborhood. Yeah. We played another game. Roll the dice one time. That's which bus we're going to take. We're going to go to the bus stop, right? Roll the bus, the dice. We'll take that bus. Like, let's say we, the dice is five. We take the fifth bus. Roll the dice again. That's how many stops we get off, right? It's clever. Right? So we would do that, and we have to find now a place, whether we're going to eat or pray in a masjid or just walk around. That works because you were in a city like London, which is great everywhere you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that was that was a benefit. So we discovered so many things. We lost weight. We got tired, right? I was going to say, don't get on the bus in South Jersey. No. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. And, and well, Did they have buses uh, now? There? Americans, <laughs> yeah. Americans and, don't use buses. It's not the DOC buses, bus? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't want to get on that bus, bro. Here's a, here's a good thing. When you get off on one of these things, one of two things is going to happen. Either it's going to be a good thing or a bad thing if it's a good thing right then you a mission accomplished if it's a bad thing then it makes your home look good right imagine doing that in new york city yeah yeah you could do yeah, it for yeah. uh well in new york city it depends yeah <laughs> you could just do it like which get parts. off which stop right of the subway yeah but anyways let's yeah. wrap it up i think uh it's we're hitting time so uh yeah. any last uh points don't, don't be sad. Don't be sad. <laughs> don't be sad. Why you be sad? <laughs> don't. <laughs> All right, inshallah. Uh, Jazakallah khair, everyone. Uh, we'll wrap it up, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.